Hello and welcome into today's episode of the Wired Up Sports Podcast. I'm Josh Coleman alongside Dylan Malfatti again over Skype as the studio is just a little unreliable still at the moment, but we'll be back in there eventually and hopefully this semester as we close things out as we're in the last, what, three weeks, four weeks of the semester here now, Dylan? Real close, man. There's not much left to do. Nope, just all just all the projects, just all the not fun stuff. Yeah. But yep. how's your day going? Yeah, not too bad. Yours? Another day, another dollar. Just... <laughs> no, or not, because we're college students and we don't yeah. make a damn thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. I make money from my stipends that don't pay me for half the work that I do. Man, I wish... Man, I wish I got an hourly check from the school. Yeah, I know, right? You work a lot, man. Oh, yeah, no, I'd be making some good money if we got paid hourly. Yeah, for sure. But, oh, well, oh, well. On today's show, we'll be jumping more into the diversity that we like here on the show. We'll be talking about the NBA playoffs, the NFL draft, and we'll finish out talking about the NHL and the Colorado Avalanche. It should be a fun time. Playoffs have been very interesting to watch so far this season. Uh, But I want to start off before we jump into everything by congratulating a former Denver Nugget, J.R. Smith, who was named the Academic Athlete of the Year at North Carolina A&T for his 4.0 this semester, which I, I want to applaud him for. Because I, as a college student, I've never gotten a 4-0 in a semester. I've been very close in a couple with just all A's and one B or something like that. But I applaud the fact that he was actually able to do it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's really good for him to, you know, have already been a professional basketball player. And, you know, you've done things that people only dream of. And now you're just like living life. You go back to school on your own accord play golf because why not <laughs> you know it's yeah, awesome why not i'm really really happy for for him and uh, all that he's accomplished I, like you said i mean comp or getting a 4.0 is not an easy task no it's not not by especially while being a college athlete like it's yeah it's not an easy task and i applaud him for doing so because it is it isn't something that a lot of college students really get to every year. Like I, I know a lot of people who get four O's, but it's usually the ones who are carrying scholarships and need to like maintain a certain grade average. And then everybody else just doesn't really care. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. C's get degrees, baby. You know, I, I tried to live by that philosophy. I just don't know if I can do it. Like I do put in, I don't put in maximum effort at a la Deadpool, but you know, I, I put in a decent amount of effort. Yeah. I like to be successful at school. So this semester though has killed me. And um, at this point I just need to, I just need to finish. I just need to graduate here in May uh, and and get C's and pass everything. (laughs) Yep. And then you're, you're out of here. You're, then I'm done. No more money for you, Colorado Mesa. <laughs> yeah, buddy. 
Uh, but jumping into the show, uh, it's been an interesting NBA playoffs first round, and we're not even through it. Only one team has been el- eliminated so far, and it was one that coming into the season and even leading up to it, I will raise my hand. I was wrong. I was wrong, uh, whatever, a couple weeks ago when I said they could still w- win the series. They, I was vastly wrong about the Brooklyn Nets. I they think got everybody was wrong about the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Just like everybody was wrong about the Lakers. And by the way, the Nets and the Lakers, both super teams, both like in the top five um, to win the NBA championship, have a combined zero playoff wins this year. And I love it. I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, it, it was a, it was a tough and kind of turbulent season for the Nets. They struggled with injuries across everybody, whether it was James Harden or KD. And then you had the, the Kyrie saga that we all got to witness this year. Yeah. He wasn't able to play on the home court for until like what a month and a half ago. Yeah, I, th- I I heard the stat today. It was 51 games, I'm pretty sure, that Kyrie missed. Yeah. Which is quite a lot, and it's very hard to get that rhythm, especially going into the playoffs. But the fa- they really should have never been the seven. It was the season that kind of ruined them, the injuries that they sustained, the fact that I think um, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and... KD played less than 10 games together, maybe 15. It it showed. And you could kind of see that lack of chemistry throughout not just the season, but especially here in the playoffs. And I'm not going to sit here and act like KD played tremendously in the in the playoffs. He didn't he struggled a little bit. Yeah, he he definitely did. I mean, g- credit to Boston though. Um they did a really good job about shutting him down. Oh, yeah. Throughout that entire series. Um, have you seen the beef now that that Chuck and KD are in? Yeah, I did. <laughs> on a, on Instagram. <laughs> I did, and it's funnier, too, to me, because Chuck acts like he wasn't on some really, really great teams, and the guy never won a championship, and to be like... Yeah, he's a bus rider. It's like, dog, you tried to be that bus rider and couldn't get the championship. He yeah. linked up with Hakeem and Clyde Drexler in Houston to try to win a championship and then didn't. Yeah. Like, no, he's been in those shoes. He's He has no room to talk. No. None at all. So. It, it made me laugh, though, especially because... The way KD responded with that image of Hakeem and everybody, it made me laugh <laughs> yeah. so hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good clap back to uh, to Chuck for that. Yeah. But, you know, if you're Kevin Durant, you have to be able to accept that They were talking about this on Altitude Radio this morning, too. You have to be able to accept criticism after yeah. a subpar performance from arguably the best basketball player on earth. Yeah, he uh I I saw this tweet um uh, from him it he was tweeted it 2 hours but I saw it about 30 minutes before the show. Um I don't know if you follow Rob Perez the world worldwide wob. I do not. Uh the great follow. Highly recommend. Um but he goes he tweeted out 2 hours ago. 
inside the NBA is going to destroy that man. It's okay to defend yourself, but the mistake KD made was going was doing this in the morning and giving inside time to prepare. Prepare. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and he continues by saying they have an army of producers experienced in the art of pettiness. They're going to be in Photoshop all day. Those stage directors probably setting up for a band. Solid tweet one as itself. Yeah. He's also very factual. Yeah. But he KD responded with an army of producers against the God. Just another Tuesday. I'm not going to disagree that he's probably the greatest basketball player in the world right now. But, man, it's tough to call yourself a god after getting swept in the playoffs. Yeah, it's and, really hard to do that. I mean, not well, even the Nuggets without two of their maxes yeah. are, have done that, you know? Yeah, every team in the, in the playoffs won at least one game except the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. And they had some stellar games from KD and Kyrie. I thought Blake Griffin did a pretty good job. Um, game game three, yeah, he he came off the bench and he looked pretty good. Yeah, they they made some moves to try to get to that trade, but or they made some moves to try to get to the championship. It didn't work out. But KD in the offs in the postseason shot thirty eight percent from the field, thirty three percent from behind the arc. So that one's not terrible. That's respectable, at least. 33% is good. It's not a bad number. 38% from the field, though, is not good enough. It's bad. It's bad for him. He shot 40% on his twos. Kyrie was a little bit... Oh, he averaged 26, by the way, as well, uh, through those four games. Kyrie averaged 21, shot 44% from the field, 38% from three, uh, and actually was 100% from the free throw line. That's at least a little positive for Kyrie right there, but like they didn't, they didn't get enough from those two guys. And it really showed, especially in games one and two, KD struggled with the defense and and it never, and last night you could tell he was frustrated with Marcus smart. He still balled out. Plus his last shot was unbelievable, lightly contested from smart, but it was still a crazy shot. Yeah. But I don't know. It made me happy. It makes me happy that we get a dance on the grave of all of the supposed super teams right now. Oh man, you have no idea. Like I, I just want to like run out into the streets and scream it from the rooftops. If I don't, I wouldn't blame you. And you know, the best part about all of like the, I, I don't even know if I would call them super teams left in the playoffs, but there's a couple like the the Suns, the Warriors, uh, I don't, I don't, Philly, I guess you could kind of put in there. Uh, Boston, I would put in there, um, but they're all homegrown. Like it was teams that were assembled through the draft or, uh, or all of their major stars were assembled through the draft for the majority. Mm-hmm. And I just enjoy seeing that kind of basketball. So I'm happy about that. I am happy about that. Yeah, I am too. Um, Kind of want to get into the Pelicans Suns too. Oh yeah, no, that's, uh, that's where we're going there. Oh yeah, that's that's a good series right there. And I'm I'm shocked because I thought the Suns would run away with that one. It was maybe they'd maybe get uh the Pelicans would get one win, but yeah, I, I'm right there with you. What the Devin Booker injury obviously hurts 
the Suns and what they've sure. done. Sure, but sure. my it's crazy, goodness. crazy how an injury affects. <laughs> that's yep. Crazy. That's all of that's Nuggets Twitter right now. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely it is. Like, and uh. all these all these talking heads they want to come out here and say that you know Jokic is not the MVP. Like, look what he's doing. He's carrying a team full of got bench more, players. Got more wins than Katie and Kyrie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and LeBron. <laughs> and, but with the Pelicans, like, my goodness, is Brandon Ingram going off? Oh, yeah. He's putting up big, big numbers, which is... It's 37 in the last game to help them win 118 to 103. They're going back to Phoenix for the for this next game. Devin Booker will not play in game five either due to that hamstring injury. And you gotta wonder what happens if the Pelicans win. Also, Chris Paul played very poorly in game four. I, I will say that. Yeah, I don't think that he'll have a poor performance again. He may. He may, because he's going to draw all of the focus. Yeah, I don't know if he'll go two for eight from the field again and just four points, but I, it's never out of the question because you're right that like he's going to be the focal point. And Jose Alvarado has played tremendous defense against him. Yeah. Really hounded him, gotten into him, made him play a little bit more physical than... I think Chris Paul was expecting and traditionally likes. I know he plays physically, but he at times, but he's not like the most physical guy. But you got to wonder if the Pelicans go up three to two going into New Orleans for game six. You got to be scared if you're Phoenix. Like, yeah, that's not a, a good situation. Bit. No, not at all. Um, to go from, you know, you're the number one team in the NBA and you're playing an eight seed. And if that eight seed beats you, like, that is a major, major disappointment on the season. Yeah, no, major. it's going it, to, it would be a huge drop for them as they have those finals aspirations. Like, that's where they're trying to get to. And they mm -hmm. have the team to do it, especially if Devin Booker can come back and kind of hopefully at least mostly healthy because come playoff time, nobody's really a hundred percent, but hopefully he can come back at least 80 or 90 and help the Suns out. Try to get trying to get to the finals, but my goodness, would it be electric if new Orleans moved on? I mean, I, I don't expect they would win the next series against who Luka Doncic realistically I think they're going to pull out theirs so it'll be interesting to kind of see how that series plays out or those two series play out yeah yeah no it's this has been a very very interesting playoffs yeah it, it really has some some surprises coming from you know the Pelicans uh the Raptors now are kind of starting to make a comeback Minnesota Minnesota yeah I, I thought that Memphis was just going to run away with that one too, but nope. Yeah. Nope. Mem they're definitely not. So Minnesota's playing well against Memphis and it, it not even like Memphis has played just as 
equally and have matched them, but I think Minnesota surprised everybody this postseason as they've just, I mean, they just barely pulled out game four, 119-118, but I don't know. I feel like the, the Timberwolves could be another huge upset. Yeah, it, yeah, they definitely could. I, I definitely would, I would could. love to see it. This might be the year of the upsets in the NBA playoffs. <laughs> Do you, I, I'm here for it. I think that that would be really, really cool to see some some upsets, um, you know, mainly yeah. in the West. Everything in the East is looking mostly kind of what we thought that it would look like, apart from uh, the Nets getting swept. Yes. And I don't think anybody saw that coming. So No, and and you mentioned Toronto a couple of minutes ago. They stole those two games in a row now, going into game six, uh, back in Toronto again after crushing the Sixers in game five, plus no Matisse Thibel because it's back in Toronto. He's unvaccinated, so he can't play. And then that decisive game seven. Do we see it again? Do we see the Toronto Raptors beat the 76ers in the playoffs in a game seven on another buzzer beater? Hopefully oh, one that's drawn up just like Kawhi's that just like hangs on the rim for a second. <laughs> I would love to see that because, dear God, I hate the 76ers. Me, me too. I hate them. I, I, I hate, hate their fans them. more right now. Yeah. I hate the whole 76ers Twitter, everything. You they see think. Embiid is calling out Harden now. No, I did not see that. Yeah. He called out Harden for being uh, not aggressive enough, basically. I mean, fair. And I actually heard, I think it was Stephen A. talking about it. it. He said, the James Harden that we saw in Houston is gone. Like, he just can't play to that level anymore. And sure, I think he's right. I think sure. the, the glory days of James Harden creating separation and kind of making those unbelievably, almost impossible plays happen... I mean, he's still going to make some of them, but the frequency is going down, and it's and it's been going down for, what, the last year or two? Yeah, I mean, he has not been the same player ever since he left there, no. by any means. No, so. and he had to change his role a little bit more after leaving there, but I don't know. It, it seems to me like he's got a little, I don't want to say Russell Westbrook in him, where he kind of has to be that focal point and is tries to dominate the ball a little too much, but he does at times. But yeah, I I mean that is that's who he was in Houston though. He was the dude, you know. Um, and, and I know that that can't be easy for a guy stepping away from that. Um, you know where you're the you're the primary guy on every play. Um, that's just that's a whole mental shift that. I can imagine would be very, very difficult for any, any professional. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough, especially going to a place like Brooklyn where you struggle in with injuries, where Kyrie is sometimes in there with you with KD and sometimes not. 
and kind of being that main ball handler and then other nights stepping into an off ball role. Like I'm sure it struggled. It, it didn't help him try to maintain his consistency at all because he didn't really get a ton, although he has been battling injuries as well. The thing that makes me laugh about that situation and just Joel Embiid right now is that he told Nick Nurse to stop complaining about the refs after I think it was game one or game two. And then last night <laughs> complained about the refs as he clapped and talked to him walking off the floor. And you're like, you know, it can't go both ways, Joel. You can't have it. You, the old saying, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Although right. I will still never understand that saying because it feels like it, if there's a cake, we should eat the cake. But it it, it feels like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think he has to try and because they don't really have a guy like that in in Philly. They have Tyrese Maxey, and he's been pretty Maxey's been balling. He's been pretty good this playoffs. But um Yeah, there's there's not that guy, so he has to learn how to get back into that role of being kind of a primary primary ball handler for the seventy mm-hmm. sixers. Yeah. So he, he absolutely does. Plus now uh he's got the confirmed torn ligament in his thumb which he's going he's playing through he's going to have surgery after the season but you know it is going to have a detriment on his impact so you need James Harden to step up because Maxie's been balling but you can't just rely on him to kind of carry that load when you traded Ben Simmons for James Harden and granted you wouldn't have gotten anything out of Ben Simmons either but right but right. he he needs to be more. No, absolutely he does. Um, and I think that that's kind of where uh, Embiid was coming from was he needs to be that that aggressive guy, being a little bit more uh, selfish, I guess, with the ball. Not yeah. really selfish, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, it, be more aggressive and assertive with his takes because. To a certain extent, one, he has to play selfish because that's his style of play. But when he does it, it draws double teams and it then affects the unselfish play and of not only Harden, but his team as the ball starts to move a little better. The off ball movement from everybody else is a little bit better. Like it, it does a lot more for everybody if he plays both selfishly, well, selfishly to create unselfish plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I I agree with that take 100%. And I mean the the last thing we have to talk about at least in this certain topic is the Nuggets. They finally they they won the game. And I will we are starting the petition. Bones Bones, Bones is a starter. Start. Let's go. Okay. I, I want to get this out there because I'm probably going to come off as a bit mean, but like, eh, it's okay. I, I know you know where I'm going with this. Credit to Will Barton for hitting that late three. You know, that kind of put the dagger into that game. Yep. Um, I think that was a, a good play, um, a good shot from him. 
uh, to seal the deal mm-hmm. and get a game four win. However, he for 59 awful. minutes, or sorry, I'm sorry, 47 minutes, 30 seconds of that game, he sucked. He was yeah. terrible. It's, yeah. Half of his points came on that one three, uh, which is just unacceptable if you're a starter, you know, and Monte had a great game. AG had a pretty good game. Um, Nicola did Nicola things. Yeah, yeah, Nicola did Nicola things. Jeff Green didn't really do a whole lot. No. um, D-Cuz played pretty well. Yeah, he, he did play pretty well when he came off the bench. Bones was, I think, that X factor in that game. Absolutely. You know, I he, would drained, he, drained those, he drained those three threes back-to-back from like 30 feet. And that, I think, really made the Warriors kind of fall back on their heels a little bit. Um, I, I think that he needs to start this game and, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I guess. And... If he's not in the starting lineup, Malone, get him more damn minutes. Yeah, he can't be playing 19 minutes anymore. He's he's way better than that, you know? Well, he's... I will give credit where credit is due to Monte Morris. Has done a terrific job being assertive with his touches and trying to really be a little bit more offensively minded and scoring minded than he usually is in his game. But Bones Highland has been the aggressor on offense when he's on the floor. He has, he works quickly. Him and Jokic have played well together. He dished out seven assists in the game along with his 15 points was five for 10 from the field. But when he's on the floor, you can see from the Warriors defense that they have to, pay attention a little bit more to him. Yeah. Because it naturally draws more attention than Will Barton, who get him off this damn roster. I hate him. Yeah. I'm, uh, we talked about this last week. Will Barton's time in Denver has come to an end. Yeah, or I, needs to be I really hope so. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I know we talked about that last week, and I just... I just can't stand him. And you know that if he didn't hit that shot, if literally anybody else hits that shot, and me and my dad talked about it after the game, is like it didn't necessarily have to be a three. If it was just a two from anybody else, it does virtually the same thing because it pushes the game to a two game or two possession game. He was redeemed by the one shot through 32 minutes that actually like really helped this game. And and yeah. I I know he'll be redeemed on Twitter and everything, and I hate it. I hate it. Although it did make me feel better. I did see some people going, wow, Will Barton, great shot, made up for his game three error where eight seconds on the shot clock, over, I think it was 105 when he chucked up a 35-foot three-pointer for no damn reason. Yeah. Um, But, like... He kind of redeemed himself with his performance, I I guess. Kind of, kind of, but also like it's it's funny how it works because they see this one. I mean, it's an it was an incredible moment. 
Um, but they forget about the other 20 moments in this game where he did absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know? He was a yeah. ghost through 32 minutes. No, I legit, and when you texted me, I thought it was Monte in the corner. I was like, you know, I can't blame you because I <laughs> forgot Will Barton was on the floor. Yeah. I Well, so I was also watching on my phone from a restaurant, yeah. and it was a very fuzzy picture, so <laughs> I uh, saw was some dude in the corner, and I was like, it's got to be Monte, right? Because Monte had a great game. Yeah, he did. Um. Yeah, no. And then I learned it was it was Will, and I was like, oh, I mean, good for him, I guess. Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, <laughs> you scored six points in this game. That's not good enough from a starter. Sorry. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I was watching it in the office, and when there was 40 seconds left, I think the Nuggets were down by one. I threw it on the TV that we have in there. Yeah. And the second I was on my feet, all work stopped for those 40 seconds. Um. When Will Barton caught the ball, I was like, damn it, we're going to lose. I was like, we're going to lose. He's going to miss. Then he made it, and I lost my... I lost it. <laughs> you lost your mind, yeah. Yeah, I lost my mind. I had to keep my like, composure. Oh my God. When that happened, but, but I was I, I was pumped up after that game. Two, it felt like it should have been Monte. It was 7 for 11 from the field, 5 for 7 from 3, like... Arguably, probably his best offensive performance all season. Not even just in the playoffs, but all season long. Yeah, probably. Or it prob- if it's not the best, it's for it's sure very top close. five. Yeah. It's very close, yeah. Um, And he was huge, and I thought it was going to be him, and my heart dropped when it was Will Barton. But it worked out in the end. The Nuggets get another shot here on tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow, yeah. Wednesday, April 27th, and they have the late game on TNT at 8 p.m. That'll be a fun one to watch. Hopefully the Nuggets can uh, win a second game because I know Malone, he talked about uh, the Nuggets, out of everybody in the playoffs, the Nuggets are the most familiar coming down from a th- coming back from a 3-1 deficit. And I think if they steal game five, come back to Denver for game six, there's a true chance that they could do it again. Sure. Sure. There absolutely is. Um, but and the shooting. No team has ever come back from down 3-0. Ever. In the history of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it would be absolutely so, wild. I, it would be wild. Um, I would. I would love it if that happened. Do I think it's going to? Probably not. Playing, no. I, I know that they've won two games in Golden State this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they split this year. No. They won both, or two games in Golden State. They split it. No, home. yeah, yeah I meant like season series. Like two and two. Or was yeah. it three and one? It was three and one. Nuggets won three. There it was. Yeah. So they, they won both games in Golden State. Um. And then they split at home. So they they can do it. They can win there. That is a very hostile environment, though. Yeah, and it also has my least favorite color scheme for a floor ever. Is it just I, me, or does the yellow hurt anybody else's eyes? I much rather the yellow than the weird gray that they have in Brooklyn. I can't. I cannot Fair. stand that floor. 
fair. <laughs> I'm I like it more than the Warriors. It's I just don't like their floor because the the brightness of the yellow. It hurts yeah. my eyes. Nah, it didn't bother me nearly as much well, for lucky whatever reason. You. But no, I all right. So I also want to talk about and I'm, we're beating a dead horse here, but the officiating in that game. So early on in that game. <laughs> I will edit this part out. No, I'm not going to edit this part out. Okay. Draymond Green decides to... <laughs> you know what? No. Draymond Green decides to finger fuck Nikola Jokic's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're not even wrong. <laughs> no. he had. It was a two-knuckler inside his nose. Yeah. You know? And that was a common foul. That was a common foul. Yeah, I was commentating lacrosse, so I missed that one, but I saw all the images. Oh my god, man. I was also, brutal. What is Draymond Green doing with his hands prior to games to keep giving mult this is like what the third guy he's given pink eye during a game, basically? I don't know, dude. I, I honestly I have zero idea, but um, No, because LeBron, I'm missing one. LeBron and Jokic both have caught like have blood chop blood what looks like just massive pools of blood in their eye at playing yeah. the warriors i can't remember the third but it, this is not the first occasion well dude needs to keep his hands down and i don't understand why the officials are so hesitant to call anything on draymond like he I, he gets some freebie foul calls he does he does well he he is a very good salesman. Yeah, obviously. And here's my other thing, too, is... So, DeMarcus Cousins gets a technical for putting his hands up when he gets into it with Draymond. Right? Right. Draymond gets nothing, even though he's, like, engaging with him. I don't understand that. I don't either. And then if... if Boogie even looks in the wrong direction. He gets a technical. Every time Draymond gets a foul call on him, he barks at the refs, and they don't do a a damn thing about it. No, you're not wrong. You know? It also feels like the European players are judged more harshly when they retaliate to the officials. Not just even, like, Nicola and Luca. Like, it has felt like that for a long time with European players. Yeah, like, there's some sort of bias. Yeah, and I don't know why, other than, like, I know that they play the game slower. Fouls aren't called as much. Like, you you gotta actually, like, foul a guy to get those calls. And... and the European leagues, yeah. if if they're playing under FIBA rules, there's a lot that gets, there's more that gets allowed in in their contests than here in the NBA. But man, like it's been bad. I was happy though to see a flop called on Jordan Poole. Yeah, no, that was that was good. I I think I may have missed that one. It but. was I can't remember who it came against now that I'm saying it, but it was it was clearly a flop foul as he let the shot go, and I think one of the Nuggets defenders, it, it just like barely grazed him. 
and pool mid motion just jerks his head and his body and you're like that's literally the definition of the flop foul yeah is exaggerating the contact to get the to get the call like you can't you can't be mad about that when you literally did exactly how they're supposed to call it yeah no that's that's good on the officials for getting that one but yeah you know yeah but o- overall this was a a more fairly officiated game than we have seen in the past. Yeah, there was a ton of fouls on both sides, though. 27 for the Warriors, 31 for the Nuggets. Yeah. I can live with a four-foul separation, but my goodness, does there need to be 58 fouls called in a game? No, there does not. (laughs) Like, (laughs) 58 seems a little egregious to me. It does seem, and a lot of those fouls were pretty, like, ticky-tack fouls, I think. Yeah, a lot of them weren't really fouls. Yeah. I so. yelled at my laptop screen in the TV a lot of times going, how how was that a foul? Yeah. On both sides. I was like, that's pretty I, weak I don't understand that. Like, he, like, barely grazes his hand or whatever on the, you know, it's like, meh. Yeah. 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 It, it's, NBA basketball is very soft. Yeah, it is, you know. Coming Very from stuff. I'm I'm looking forward to this and we'll get into this whole conversation with the NHL playoffs because the refs tend to put their whistles away. Oh, I can't I wait. I love it. I can't wait. It's gonna be so much fun to watch. Yeah. Especially and we're we'll get into it later in the show, but the abs to me, I'm just juiced to seeing in the playoffs. I am too. Like I said, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. That, uh, that we'll, we're ending the show with that. I, for I, also, I also want to talk about Austin Rivers because obviously he didn't do a huge amount offensively. But what he did defensively, he, I mean, he played quite a few minutes. He was, uh, hang on just a sec. Um, yeah, he had 36 minutes, which I think is a pretty good amount of time. He, north of 30 minutes for for Austin, and I think that's pretty good because he did so much defensively. He did he did do a pretty good job defensively. You know, um, and then also putting Aaron Gordon on Steph Curry, I think was a good move by Mike Malone. I still have mixed feelings about it, but. He, I mean, look, you're not going to shut Curry down. It's just not going to happen. No, but I just don't I think, think he did a pretty good job defending throughout that game. He did. My issue with it is the the mismatch athletically. Hold on. It was a mismatch defensively, or not not defend, but the athletic and speed variation between Curry and Aaron Gordon. Worry me in that, and and Curry, you're to your point. Like you're never gonna shut him down. No, you're not. He's always gonna have usually twenty on you. But I feel like I don't. I just the issue with this Nuggets team is I have no idea who the best perimeter defender is because it seems like it changes game to game. Austin Rivers is the best perimeter defender. Yeah, but I feel like he would get used and abused by Steph Curry. And same with everybody else. And Aaron Gordon got used and abused. Keep him on Jordan Poole. I mean, all you have to do is put him on one guy. They I were talking it. they were talking yesterday on DNVR about, you know, the uh Hydra from Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. 
you know, a three-headed monster, you cut one of the heads off. Another one grows back. Another one grows. Well, you know, but in or, this case, yeah. it doesn't necessarily grow back. I mean, you just cut one of those heads off, and then it doesn't, I don't know. I didn't really understand what they're, but I did at the same time. I'm like, yeah, they cut one of the heads off, and that kind of slowed their offense down considerably. Um, and so having Austin Rivers out there to be able to shut one of those three down um, was was huge for the Nuggets. And like I said, I do think Aaron Gordon, yes, it's a mismatch athletically, but he did a good job he, still. He did a good job, and he can move pretty well, well laterally yeah to keep curry on the perimeter yeah you know i got it and then he's, got he's it, tall man. enough to get into those shooting lanes i got it so, dylan what's up let's throw faku Campazo at him let faku give him two three really hard fouls and then throw aaron gordon at him <laughs> <laughs> just just shove him right in the back yeah. just let faku be a goon for yeah. the first to start the game and throw <laughs> anytime like he's anytime he starts getting going you're like faku hard foul get it yeah. to, get, get me it just he tries to he, he tries <laughs> to run past you just push him over like, no nope. uh, yeah I, nope. I don't care if he fouls out faku faku didn't play any minutes last uh, in game four if he fouls out with six and steph curry has like 15 points nobody's gonna say a thing no, no. <laughs> Get suspended for the next game. It's fine. Everything's fine. Ah, either way, Will, you need to play like 20, 25 minutes. You need to play like... Bones needs to play 30. Yeah. Will Barton needs to play like he did three years ago, four years ago. But that'll never happen. No, no. Because I don't know why, but Michael Malone seems to just love Will being on the floor. And I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't I, get it. And maybe when the when the Nuggets season's over, maybe we'll have a dance on the grave of Will Barton show once he's officially not a Nugget. But I mean, like, I'm not going to dance on the grave. He did some good things while he was here, but yeah. But over I'm the dance. past year and a half, two years, he has not been the same guy. Let me dance on him, Zach. Or why do I keep calling you Zach? I, I keep, don't know. I don't, My name is Dylan. You know this. I know. You say it at the beginning of the show. No, I know. I just keep looking at the hole in my wall and thinking of my old roommate that I need to call to help me fix the hole in my wall. And it's messing with me. I don't know oh. what, what's going on with me, Dylan. Plus, you kind of look like him. Oh, okay. But, you know, <laughs> let's go into the next topic because we just talked uh, for a long time about the NBA yeah. playoffs. Let's get into the NFL draft starts this Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, I believe. Uh, it's going to be very, very interesting, especially because, I don't know if you've heard this or not, the Jags are thinking of not taking Aiden Hutchinson at number one. Really? They are. They uh, There's rumors saying that uh, the Jags like the Georgia Ed Rusher, Trayvon Walker, a little bit more because of the upside and traits of him. Okay. I am not fully sure on why they wouldn't take Aiden Hutchinson, who had 14 sacks, 15.5 tackles for loss, 64 pressures, 
just last season, well, Walker had six sacks and 29 pressures all year. Yeah, that doesn't really... Doesn't it's really gotta, No, and it's got to be like a personality thing because they've already gone through their their interviews and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just don't particularly care for him as a person. <laughs> you know? Maybe. I... I... I've heard good things about Hutchinson's character and all that. His talent speaks for itself. I I don't, and a lot of NFL executives, if they had the number one, I, I read this earlier, a lot of NFL execs, if they if they had the number one, were like, yeah, we, we would take Aiden Hutchinson. Like, he's clearly the best player on the board. Either that or conspiracy, I'm putting on my conspiracy hat right now. Aiden Hutchinson just was like, yeah, I'm not playing for you. I could see that. <laughs> I wouldn't blame him for not for not wanting to go to Jacksonville. But no. I would blame him because then he'd end up in Detroit. Because they have the number two. Yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> What's the lesser of two evils there? It, At least, well, I mean, you know what? You have Jared Goff in Detroit. I uh, would. So I don't have know. a decent quarterback, but it's like. Detroit is always just a dumpster fire. Yeah, they're not, it's not like <laughs> Detroit's going to be any better than they were last year. No, God, no. And they're I, they're never going to be a good team, ever. Personally, I'd rather go to Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, at least it's warm. It's warm. You have a high upside with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, not coached by one of the worst NFL coaches ever to grace the league in Urban Meyer. Uh, yeah, I I will agree with that statement from. Uh, yeah, sorry, a former I know Urban you, Meyer fan. <laughs> yeah, I know you're an Ohio State fan, but like, it's really hard to not say he was the worst NFL head coach of all time at this point. Yeah, you don't even know who uh, Aaron, Aaron Donald is. Come on, man. Dude, it's not like he's that. it's not like he's some rookie that's just going out there and balling. Dude's right. been in the league for a long time. Yeah, since like 2014. Yeah. Plus. I'm sorry, Urban. I know that college seasons run pretty closely to uh, NFL seasons. But are you really going to sit here and act like you don't watch any NFL football and have never seen Aaron Donald? Like you just don't know who the greatest nose tackle and defensive tackle in the game right now is? Yeah, I don't know. I don't he know. Spent, he spent... All of his time and effort while he was a college coach being one of the best college coaches in college football. And with apparently some young blondes. I mean, you know what? <laughs> I, do I necessarily blame him? No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody, I hope that joke doesn't go over everybody's head. <laughs> I, I I mean it might go over some people's heads, but Yeah, I'm I'm sure we'll lose some people with that, but maybe. For those just worth it. We'll lose for those who people. don't know, just Google Urban Meyer and his activities from the last year. You'll see the picture that I'm talking about. Well while well, you stayed back in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> I still I will never understand why Jacksonville hired him when he was hired. I was like, this just doesn't feel like it's going to go well. 
I mean, I understand why they hired him because he is a good. Co- he was a good college coach. Yeah, was, he's a really but good. Co- well, that doesn't necessarily translate. I mean, look at Nick Saban in Miami. Yeah. Granted, Nick Saban might have been different if Miami did end up landing Drew Brees, but it's not yeah. how the football gods wanted it. Nope. Personally, I wouldn't want to go play for Nick Saban, but that's just me. No, but you got to out. The issue with a lot of really good college coaches, too, in the NFL is the fact of control. Because in college, you have a lot more control over your players and, like, their time Mm -hmm. versus the NFL, where they're probably making more money. Well, not all of them, but a fair amount of them are making more money per year than you are. Changes things. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. You can't look at Nick Saban at Alabama and be like, hey, coach, uh, I'm not going to do that right now. No, dude, he would have you. <laughs> He'd kick you off the field. <laughs> yeah. Be like, oh, so you don't want to play football for Alabama. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're done. Yeah. Nah. Go take a seat, kid. Yeah. And he'd find somebody who's just as good. Mm-hmm. He absolutely would. And uh, that's just not blame. life in the NFL. You know? No. I think yeah. that that mentality, yeah, you're right, just does not work. Yeah, but if going back into the draft, we 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 go on tangents here, folks. All right, I'm not uh, gonna lie to you. Um, I probably won't watch until Friday. Uh, I won't be able uh, to watch the start of the draft probably. I just, you know, the Broncos don't have a pick until round two. Probably yeah, we have the last two. pick in the in round two, Zach. You're really gonna Dylan. say Dylan? Dylan, Dylan. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on in my head. It's been a long. It's been a long. I think we were. I think I was also having this argument with Zach. Um, but it's been. It, it's one of those where like. It's the last pick in the second round, Dylan. Yeah. You you're really gonna sit here and tell me you're gonna watch the entire second round to get Absolutely to six sixty four? Okay. I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm honestly going. like I haven't ever really been interested in watching the draft. <gasps> like I I follow it, you know. Be like, it's okay, hurtful. like hey, cool, you know. Jacksonville picked up Aiden Hutchinson. Like that's cool. Like it just hurt my soul. I I just have no interest in watching Roger Goodell step up on the stage with an envelope and announce somebody's name. I just I don't, don't feel bad for calling you Zach anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um No, I I think that's fair. It's not like a, a super interesting watch. I am I'm a I love watching the draft. Um but it is not for everybody. But I will say, this is not the NFL draft, but where were you the day that Taco Bell drafted Nikola Jokic? Oh, I don't know. Probably at the bar. I know. I know. I was on my couch watching the NBA draft. That's where I was. <laughs> You're like, man, I should get some Taco Bell. <laughs> I, well, I was. I would really, really, really like a crunch wrap right now. Ah, uh, dude. No, don't give me. I haven't eaten lunch yet. Don't. Oh. Plus, we literally. This is completely off topic. In my last class before this, we had two speakers come in. It was the owners of Hot Tomato. 
Oh, you know, that re- yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for an tomatoes. hour and 15 minutes, they talked about how delicious their pizza was while I was starving. And I've never wanted pizza more, Zach or Dylan. <laughs> I'm about I to come ne- through this computer right now. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I've never wanted a pizza more, Dylan. Never. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. literally sat there like, you didn't bring any pizza to this? I know. For So the reason that I... This is off topic now, too. It's okay. The reason, the reason that I'm... You know, we're doing the show a little late is because I was at this college invest thing for uh, my daughter, right? Trying right. to get her set up for her future and everything You're like such that. such a good dad. I know. My wife dragged me along to it. <laughs> 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 um, but... They had Qdoba there, and I was like, I'm honestly, like, I'm just fine being here for the food. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. I do not blame you. So, anyway, Uh, back back on topic, though. Yeah, I I don't have any care to watch Roger Goodell do anything ever, except maybe leave the NFL. Uh, That'll be the happiest day. Here's what you got to do. The joy of watching the opening of the draft is the first boo he gets. Because that boo hits harder than any of the other ones throughout the draft. Oh, 100%. Who I do you love think, it. Who do you think the best commissioner in sports is? I got to say Adam Silver. Yeah, it's probably Adam Silver. Because the rest of them are, the rest of them are terrible. It's not man fraud. That's what I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not him. It's not Gary Goodell Batman. might be the second best. That's... In men's sports, I don't really yeah, yeah. know who the commissioners are for like the WNBA or anything like that. Well, I could tell you right now that the commissioner of the WNBA is pretty awful. I know we talked about the fines for chartering that. a flight a few weeks ago. Yeah. And so that's that's, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, it, men's men's professionals so like the big four. You know what I mean? Yeah, the big four. Um. Yeah, I would I would think that Adam Silver's probably the best. I probably. haven't really heard any like bad talk about Adam Silver. He hasn't either. Well, I mean, do you think Roger Goodell has? I was trying to make a joke about his ears. Oh. Those Horton here's a who ears. <laughs> so he's definitely heard some bad talk, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes um no but i honestly like i i haven't really roger yeah, goodell being the second best i might agree with that but it doesn't make him a good guy. yeah it doesn't mean he's a good he's not up against great competition here no 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 they're all bad yeah but jumping back into it detroit at two, if Hutchinson is not taking one, he's going to be their pick at two. But I could also see them going Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. Um, I know there's some talk about possibly Ahmad Gardner, um, the Cincinnati cornerback, but I don't think they would go there after Jeff Akuda from two years ago drafted at number three. I don't think they're going to go quarterback this early either. Yeah, I don't think so. They they have needs all over the field, so pretty much anyone they can get will help. But 
Well, and they have a pretty solid quarterback at number one. And Trevor Lawrence. If he has some decent coaching and somebody is able to build an offense around him, I think that he can be fairly successful. Yeah, he can. So, and then, yeah, at three to Houston, same thing. They need everybody. They need anything they can get. Uh, I know this ESPN article um, has two other, like, intriguing names that I think would be interesting would be the corner from LSU, Derek Stingley Jr., is higher on the – he's apparently higher on the Texans' board than others. And then uh, Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver at Ohio State. Yeah, buddy. But that would come probably with their second pick at 13. Yeah. I, Houston's such a difficult one to kind of yeah. put a finger on because you're right. They need, they need everybody. Yeah, everything. 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 And, it, I mean, if Thibodeau's on the board still from Oregon, he'll probably be the Texans' choice. Like, there's a chance we see three defensive ends and edge rushers go one, two, three. There's, is a, there's a chance. There's a chance, yeah. Especially if Jacksonville – yeah, especially if Jacksonville doesn't take Hutchinson. Like, I think that we then see one, two, three defensive linemen. I think there's potential for a receiver to go pretty high. Um, it would. I think the Jets probably take a receiver at ten. You think so? Yeah, they have they have four and ten, so I think they'll try to either bolster their edge rushers. I'm sure they're hoping Thibodeau drops to four, um, but they need receivers, rushers, corners, tackles. So at four, they can kind of take the pick of the litter and then get that high end receiver at ten. Who knows? Maybe we see uh, Jamison Williams go to New York and ruin everything Kansas City is trying to do this draft. I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> I would love it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Anything to hurt Kansas City. Take yeah, them I know. I know. I'm not opposed to sabotaging Kansas City. No, absolutely not. Also, I mean, if you can get quality talent, why not? Yeah, exactly. And why then. Not? I think it's early, but I think five through seven is a potential we see the first quarterback because the Giants have the five and seven. Whether they trade one of those is up to them, but Carolina's at six. Carolina has said that there's a chance that they could add a quarterback in the draft despite Sam Darnold being their, their one right now. Giants have the horrible mistake of Daniel Jones up there as a quarterback that they drafted way too high. Uh, what was that? Four years ago, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like so I think this is, that's when we see potentially the first quarterback. So this, this mock draft that I'm looking at right now is like a full seven round draft pick. Yeah. Or draft mock draft. Yeah. Um, they have Kenny Pickett going ahead of uh, Malik Willis. And I don't know. They have Kenny Pickett going number two to Detroit. I don't think Ooh. that Detroit's going to pick a quarterback. I don't either. I don't either. I could see Kenny Pickett being taken that high and over Malik Willis because Malik Willis is is a question mark for a lot of teams right now because you mm -hmm. see the upside but you got to see the development. Yep. 
But personally, I'd rather take the upside versus Kenny Pickett right now. Like, I just don't. I'm not a huge Kenny Pickett guy at the moment. I wouldn't be mad. Like, when the Broncos still had their first-round pick and not Russell Wilson, I was like, I wouldn't be upset with Kenny Pickett. No, and I think that a lot of people here were kind of high on Malik Willis as well. I think that they would have been okay with that. Yep. Um, They just wanted a quarterback, pretty much. We just wanted a quarterback in Colorado. Needed a quarterback in Colorado. But (laughs) we got him, baby. Woo! Woo! We got him. Um, did you hear Nathaniel Hackett like oh. all, all gagaing for, for Russell Wilson? Yeah, did you see him? <laughs> did you see Nathaniel Hackett uh take a handoff from Russell Wilson and then look at the camera and go, That's some speed, as if he wasn't moving like five miles an hour. <laughs> like, he wasn't moving that fast. He's like, he seems like such a like fun coach to play for, honestly. He seems like just a little kid on the field, and I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think this is. I'm so excited for this season, honestly. It, like more excited than I have been in a long time since Peyton Manning's last year. Yeah, you, you weren't ever on the show or around when it was Jerry, Matt, and myself, and they just got to experience just the most bias. Like I was so pessimistic towards the Denver Broncos every year. How can you not and be I when finally... your choices are Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke? Oh, no, even going before, like Paxton Lynch years, those were terrible. Oh, yeah, Joe Flacco. I, I, was so, I was so pessimistic back then, and now I, I, I'm i just happy to be here, man. I'm going to go to a game now. <laughs> yeah, oh, 100% we'll be going to a game. Yeah, yeah. So. The one pick that's kind of jumping out to me, and although I said five through seven would potentially see a quarterback, the mock draft from Fox Sports that I'm looking at has uh, Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama, going to the Giants at five, then Charles Cross, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi, Mississippi State, excuse me, uh, at six, and then at seven would be Ahmad Gardner, the corner out of Cincy. The thing that surprised me, though, would be the pick at eight that he has is Jamison Williams to the Falcons. Mm -hmm. I could absolutely see this happening because they 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 need to replace Calvin Ridley. (laughs) (laughs) His suspension, his year long suspension for betting on games. Parlays that included the Falcons as if they were going to win anyway. Well, he bet that bet on them to win, and it's yeah. not like he was on the field for those games. Yeah, well, no, he was on the field for a couple of them. Was he? Yeah, I I've seen a bunch of videos with people like, "Are you sure he wasn't trying to throw games as he runs backwards, acting as if Calvin Ridley ever was like the fastest dude on the field? He's just a very crisp route runner. He's fast, but he's not like." outrun everybody fast yeah um but kind of cranking through this does have garrett wilson from ohio state the receiver going to the jets at 10 i could see that Uh, the washington commanders taking kyle hamilton the free safety out of notre dame we we need to go on a smear campaign for that name yeah it's awful 
uh, a twenty second pick, the Packers taking Chris Olave. I mean, that they need be... to. That's a good pick for them because they need to uh, replace Devonte Adams. Yes, yes, they do. And the thing that I one if they don't take, and actually the one that I'm looking at has Olave going nineteen to the Saints uh, through their pick via Philadelphia. But if Green Bay doesn't take a receiver, how mad is Aaron Rodgers going to be? Oh, he's going to be pissed, I think. <laughs> it's like he's never really gotten a receiver. And the one that I'm looking at has Traylon Burks, the wide receiver out of Arkansas, going there. But even then, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay tried to package up and grab Jamison Williams. Like, he's the most sought after. I think him... Um, Olave and uh, Wilson. Wilson, thank you, are the most intriguing receivers in the class, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Green Bay try to sneak up in it or try to sneak a trade for Debo. I know yeah. the Niners. I know the Niners aren't listening to offers. Okay, but, but you know what? Day. Neither were the Seahawks. No, they definitely were. Okay, they said that they weren't. Yeah, I was like, they did say that they weren't, though. They said that they weren't entertaining offers. Yeah, and then they did exactly that, entertained offers. Yeah. And had the trade in place or negotiations going on for like a month before the trade even went through. Yeah, so that was a blatant lie. Unless Pete Carroll just had no idea, which is entirely. No, it was a a blatant lie. (laughs) Your head coach knows you're going to trade your your starting quarterback. Well, I should hope so. I don't know. And if not, everybody in that building needs to be fired. Yeah. Yeah. The pick the pick that I want to happen though, Malik Willis to the Steelers. Yeah, they need somebody. They need somebody. I feel like that would be a dream come true for Mike Tomlin. That big arm where it, he can kind of just go, eh, you're more athletic than Big Ben was. Let's do it. Man, like this he, one has got the same arm, too. Yeah, this this uh, mock draft has Trey McBride going to Tennessee at the 30th pick. I would love to see McBride get drafted that early. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't. I think he'll be like an early to mid second rounder. That's where I'm at. I don't think he'll go in the first. Um, but I could be wrong. I could be really wrong. This mock draft has Detroit taking Kenny Pickett at 32. One that I'm looking at. Uh, 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 I can't necessarily disagree or agree with the pick. I don't know how to feel about that. Because you have other needs to address. I don't think reaching with potentially with a quarterback in one of the weaker draft classes is, is the right move for Detroit. Like just bolster some, some positions, whether it's offensive line, defensive line, wide receiver, wherever they need help, which is everywhere Mm -hmm. and not take a quarterback in the first round, like use your picks wisely, just live with Jared Goff for a year or two until you can get, cause I don't think they're ever going to be good. They're going to have a good shot at CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Like, Let's just be realistic. No, absolutely they will. Um, so. I do. 
Jesus, okay, I have to get off of this site because it's just screaming in my ear. Oh, you're good. I hate when sites <laughs> do that. <laughs> like trying to look at this mock drafts and it's just shouting ads at me. <laughs> um, <laughs> the last okay. thing that I saw and wanted to bring up, though, was the Steelers GM, Kevin Colbert, said this week that a move from 20 to 7, which is owned by the Giants, is, isn't necessarily out of the question. It's very, it would be plausible for them to do that. Now, I don't know who they would try to take at 7, but it'd be an interesting move. Yeah, that would be fairly interesting. Um, I mean, I, if, I don't really know what the Steelers' needs are. I mean, they have some pretty they, good edge rushers, right? I was like, they don't necessarily have as many needs as some of the other teams. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, they don't have Juju anymore. They could use a wide receiver there. Yeah, they could. I I don't. It's a good point. I, I think that they might, you know, they could trade up just to get that wide receiver. Yeah, because they... They do need a, a receiver. They still have Deontay Johnson, who's, in my mind, better than uh, you were ever going to get with Juju. Well, sure, but it's, you can't just have one. You know? But, yeah, you, you do need weapons. You do need a couple guys. And their receivers right now are uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Miles Boinkin, uh, Anthony Miller, Cody White, Gunnar Oleskis, Ozil. Ozuski? I don't know how to say that. Ozuski is what I'll roll with. Um, Fryermurth is still the tight end. They got Zach Gentry as well. So they have decent receivers, but I wouldn't. So I would. I'm thinking they go Malik first and then draft a receiver probably second or third round. You think so, huh? That is. That's what I would do. Because their defense is like. You have a couple of holes that you could either bolster or a couple of positions that you could bolster with some early talent. But to me, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph don't get it done. And who knows, maybe Mitch Trubisky just throws it all over the yard this year, but I don't I see don't, that happening. I don't see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the wide receiver spot is going to be pretty key for him. Quarterback could be as well. Yeah, it's going to be one of those two. If they yeah, trade up, it's going to be one of those two positions. Mm-hmm. And it will be dependent on who and where they're trading to, and if like Jameson Williams is still left on the board, I'd probably take him. Yeah, because I think Trubisky will get you through it. But then you gotta you gotta worry about because the issue with the Steelers is they're never going to have a top ten. Like they're never going to have the best chance to slide into that position to get one of those top quarterbacks in a draft. No. No, they're not. They're at the very worst they're going to be middle of the pack. 
Yeah. You know, pick 15, 16. Yeah. I and um, I, I, mm, who has 15? Why did I just forget who was 15? Uh, Philly from Miami. Philly. Yes. Um, and I don't know. I, I for Philly this year they weren't tremendous by any means. It, it was one of those where I think to be at fifteen and Mike Tomlin, who's never gone under five hundred in his career, to be at pick fifteen, you got to be sitting at about they had nine and eight, so you got to be one game over five hundred. Okay. Fair. Doable. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Doable. Um but I, I I don't have much else to talk about for the draft. I think the big question mark of the day is gonna be that number one spot and if the Jags don't take the best player in the draft and how that affects the board. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. I yeah, either it, way, either way he's going one or two. He's going to Jacksonville or Detroit. Yeah, no, he he's He's going one or two. You you were absolutely correct there. And if he doesn't, it'll be the biggest shock in draft history, probably. Yeah. But let's transition into our final topic that comes on ice here with the playoffs. Just, what, a couple of... Right around the corner. Abs right only around have, the corner. Only play. have three games. Um. So they played... The Blues tonight, and then they have a back-to-back Thursday, Friday with uh, Nashville and um, Minnesota. Um, and they're <laughs> they're kind of on a bit of a slide. There's put a little bit of asterisk on that because they were without, obviously, Gabe Brielandeskog. He's been injured for a while. Right. Uh, Miko Rantanen was out sick. So he didn't play, I don't think, at all on this road trip mm-hmm. that they were just on. Um, and then Devon Taves hasn't played either. So three of, like, your top six guys. Not three on of the, the most ice. important guys. Yeah, three of the most important guys. Not on the ice. Um, so, and you can't really fault them for kind of lollygagging a little bit out there. It's not like they really have a whole lot to play for. They could play for the president's trophy, but that's really not, I don't think at the forefront of their minds right now, obviously getting a Stanley cup is everyone's top goal. Right. And I know the president's trophy came cool. If not, and it doesn't look like it is because Florida has been pretty unstoppable as of late apart from the game against Tampa Bay where they got absolutely trashed. <laughs> um, but you're still, you've already clinched the first seed in the West. Right. You know, so you've got home ice through at the very least the Western conference finals. Yeah. And if Florida doesn't make it through the East, which is, it's going to be a tall task for them. Right. There's no easy team. Um, in the Eastern Conference. So, if they don't make it there, then the Avs can have home ice all the way through the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. 
And I know that we talked about this the last time that we were talking about the abs, which would have been two, three weeks ago. But at this point, like, who cares about the President's Trophy? It, I feel like it just creates more of a distraction going into the playoffs than is needed. It does. And, I mean, we, we saw this last year. They pushed right up until the very end, and then what happened? They had guys that got injured or, you know, what have you. Um, and then they just kind of burned out in the second round. Um, and I don't think that they're trying to make those same mistakes again. I think they're trying to give guys rest, even for like just little nagging injuries that they could play through, but you know, maybe they're not. And that's kind of why Taves had taken a few days off. He will be back tonight. Um, for their game against St. Louis, but um, yeah, it's winning the president's trophy is just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. That's going to be a cool banner to hang, I guess, but yeah, you know, that's not the banner that they want to hang. So having those guys sit and rest for a little while um, is ultimately, I think going to be beneficial for them as they make their playoff push. Um, they, I think, do need to win at least a couple games here against division opponents. Yes. Um, and build a little bit of momentum going into the playoffs. I do have a quote here from Jared Bednar from practice today. He was not happy about the uh, lack of intensity over the past, like, three games and at practice today. So he was yelling at players to skate with more intensity at practice and connect better on passes, which has been a major issue. A lot of goals have come directly off of turnovers in the past few games. So he said, and I'm going to censor myself a little bit. This is not, or sorry, this is the effing playoffs. This is not going to be an effing cakewalk. He was, he's pissed obviously right now about uh, losing these, few games I think a little bit more so than even I am like obviously you don't want to see your team lose you'd like to see them go 82 and out but it's not right. going to happen however a four game stretch where you're playing teams like Winnipeg who are out of the playoffs and they have nothing to play for and you're losing that game that's not good and Seattle they lost to Seattle well and Winnipeg you lose four to one like that's a clear indicator of yeah, just a lack of effort at least with Seattle I know it was three to one going into what the third period, if I'm remembering correctly. I think so. Uh, they end up losing three two, but at least in that game, it's not like you got blown out or anything. Well, maybe four one isn't necessarily even a blowout, but it's one of those where it's an inexcusable loss, especially after you're coming off of a nine game win streak. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty inexcusable. Um, even down those those key players, you have to be able to make some sort of effort. Yeah, you know, and it just you didn't need seem to be like better. it was necessarily there. Yeah, you need to am be I, better without your star players. Am I necessarily concerned about it? No, because <laughs> yeah. I know that they'll be better once playoff time comes around. And they've talked about this too on Altitude Radio, where it's hard to manufacture desperation. Yeah. You know, um, and right now the abs are not desperate for anything. 
they really have nothing to play for at this very moment. No, you're you're right. And if I can find this tweet here in a second, uh, but I don't I don't know if you saw Vic Lombardi after their loss to Winnipeg Winnipeg on Sunday. He tweeted out, and of course I'm not going to be able to find it in time, but it it was along the gist of, oh no, here it is. How good must the Avalanche be when they lose their fourth straight? And I'm still not that worried. Mildly annoyed, yes. Worried, no. I am yeah. a doctor. <laughs> he sums it up perfectly. God, is he actually a doctor? I have no. No, idea. I don't okay. think so. No, I don't, I don't think, think so, so either. But um, he says that all the time, and I'm like, are you really? Like, are you just saying that you're a doctor? He is. He's just a doctor. All right, <laughs> trust just me. He's doctor. a doctor. All right. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, he, he nailed it right on the head with that. You know, am I concerned? No. Am I mildly annoyed? Would I like to see them play better? Absolutely. Yeah. But ultimately it does not matter one bit. So no, it, it's not going to drastically change anything else. Uh, they've <laughs> secured the one. They're not really playing for the president's trophy, which I don't blame them for because no. it seems to just bite them in the ass every time they do it. Well, I mean, and it's just, why are you pushing right now if you don't need to, you know? Right. Why are you going to have guys out there um, that don't necessarily need to be out there that can rest up for the playoffs when you're actually trying to make a push? So I understand what they're what they're trying to do. I I applaud it. I think it's a good good idea right now to rest guys. And I think I said this, like, a few weeks ago, too, is they're going to, like, sit guys out for a game or two. Yeah, it is the right thing to do. Yep. Like, you don't need to wear your guys out going into the playoffs where you know you're going to need them. You know that it's going to be crucial to play with a certain pace in the playoffs where you're going to need guys like uh, Rantanen, Landeskog, McKinnon, uh, McCarr, Kadri. Uh, there's... A lot of guys that you you absolutely need healthy and well rested going into the playoffs, and I, I respect them for for trying to address it after they made their mistakes last season with it. Yep, absolutely. There is another game tonight that's happening that I will be keeping a close eye on. It's the Stars and the Knights. They play tonight at six thirty. And that game has serious playoff implications because basically whoever wins this game is going to the playoffs. And I will, it makes me a little sick to say this, but I'm rooting for the stars. How could you, Dylan? I hate the Knights that much more. I mean, fair, but how could you? (laughs) Because I would love to see that castle crumble. You know what I mean? I like it. Would love to see it. Um, and also, Knights fans, actually, the, are the whole worst? organization, are, they're awful. They're like cowboy fans? Kind of, yeah. Maybe even worse, honestly. Uh, nope. Because cowboy fans at least know a little bit about football. Do they, though? Some of them do, yes. I said a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them do, yes. But they are so... Oh, yeah, they're awful, so too. So annoying. 
they're terrible. But I, um, the way that they've been trying to circumvent the cap, the way that they get on Twitter and post crap that bites them in the butt, like <laughs> it's just all everything about that organization annoys me. I don't every blame little thing. So I liked them their first year and I've quickly come to hate that. Yeah. Cause they were like that plucky team that made it that far, but now yeah. it's just like, they've become this arrogant, like fan base franchise that just gets on your every last nerve. It's what Vegas will do to you. Yeah. Yeah. And Vegas just got a new, uh, sports team. They, they? they yeah they just uh, expanded into the National Lacrosse League the indoor box lacrosse league oh all right with the Las Vegas Desert Dogs oh one more team i can hate i got to see their roster but yeah probably <laughs> i don't know anything about it if it makes you feel better hockey legend Wayne Gretzky is a partial owner in the team Along that with makes Steve me feel Nash a little and bit. Joe Tazai, the Brooklyn Nets owner. Makes me feel a little better. I yeah. do like I like Steve Nash despite his affiliation with the Nets. I still don't. Completely off topic. I don't understand how he got that job, but he did better than it. he probably should have. Yeah, probably. Because, I mean, with all of the crazy things that happened and injuries with Brooklyn this year... He did all right for literally the first time ever coaching. Yeah, not bad. I think he'll continue to improve. Yeah. So. Didn't mean to derail the abs conversation, but I, th I no, thought that's... I'd bring up the fact that if we're hating on, on Vegas, there's now one more team to hate on. That's all right. So I think, um, and also the Stars Knights, that is whoever wins this game is Potentially going to be first round matchup for the Avalanche. Okay, they'll be in okay. that number two wild card spot. It is possible. Um, hang on, let me look at the standings real quick. It is possible. Can I? Hang on. They have it is by a conference. They don't have like the wild card seating. Oh wait. Uh, Um, so it is possible that Nashville drops down into that number two seed or, uh, yeah, I mean, possible they drop down into that number two seed. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's between the three of them. It'll either be Vegas, Dallas, or Nashville first round. Okay. Okay. That's not, that's a good, I'm fine with all of those matchups for the Avs. Oh yeah, I think that they I, I think that know. they can win any of those matchups. I don't know why Dallas scares me just slightly. Uh, but they, they kind of do. They don't really scare me too much, honestly. I it's just like that I feel like it's like a residual from a couple of years ago in the playoffs. Yeah, like I just yeah. it's just painting me the series from what I think it was two three years ago, something like it was, that. It was in the bubble. Yeah. And it was a it was a bad series for the abs. To yeah. say 
to put that lightly. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. Um, very, very unfortunate series. Uh, but they're also riddled with injury and everything like that. So it's a fact. But you got anything else before we wrap up this show? Nope, nope. I think I'm good. Uh, I think playoffs should be just about ready to roll next show. Um, so we'll keep an eye on, you know, who the first round matchup will be. Um, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be optimistic about it. We'll also talk about the nuggets, you know, still being in the playoffs. I hope so. Hot take. (laughs) I hope so. I wouldn't be upset about it. No, no, not at all. So, but it'll be something we'll have to keep an eye on. Oh yeah. Yep. For sure. So I'm excited uh, to see what they can do tomorrow night. Yeah, that'll be a must-watch game. Plus, I know I, I forgot to talk about it during the NBA segment. Everybody who has not watched the debate between Nick Wright and Vic Lombardi, please go watch it. It was hilarious. Or listen to it. It's on YouTube. Nick Wright it, made a fool of himself. Yeah, it, it was absolutely tremendous to listen to the craziness that spews out of Nick Wright's mouth. Uh, so, yeah, go take a listen to that. Check out all of our previous episodes on any of the podcasting apps that you listen to. We are use Anchor FM, which puts us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Overcast, Amazon Music, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and then again, Stitcher is that last one. And then check out our Twitter as well at It's Just the Wired Up Sports Podcast. Uh, it's the at is at wired underscore up underscore sports. Check us out over there. Let us know what you want to hear on any of the episodes. I'll try to start creating some polls for you guys potentially, or just feel free to recommend them to us in any of the tweet replies or, or DMS. We'll try to get to any of those topics, but that is going to do it for the show here today. I'm Josh Coleman, alongside my new co-host with a new name, Zach. No, I'm kidding. It's still a Malfati. Uh, But that is going to do it for us today. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.